Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Sextortion, the Hidden Pandemic, is an investigation into the world of online grooming and sextortion, a present-day reality for one in seven children online. By unsealing the federal case of a Top Gun pilot with hundreds of victims and interviewing survivors and their parents, this true crime piece exposes an often overlooked crime against children, the tactics of online predators, and the voices of parents and law enforcement poised to stop online child exploitation in its tracks. The film, again, is called Sextortion, The Hidden Pandemic. We're joined today by the director, Maria Peak, as well as the producer, Stephen Peak. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for this film. As I said to you before we got started, you know, this is one of those things where you, when you hear about children and, and the uh, people who often take advantage of them online. This is something we're, a story we're familiar with. I mean, if you've been paying attention for the last 20 years, you know that this is part of the, the world we live in now. But this film is a whole nother level. And this is a whole bunch of stuff in here that it's, it's unimaginable until you see it, until you actually see the, and hear the stories. I'll start with you, Maria. How did you come upon this as an idea for, for a documentary film? We have always been passionate about the issue of human trafficking and wanted to do something about it, but honestly didn't quite understand it and felt really powerless besides sending money to survivors or, you know, nonprofits. There wasn't much that I could do. In late 2019, we met a lady from Southern California, Opal Singleton, who started a charity called Million Kids. And the whole mission of the charity is keeping kids safe from predators. And she began a conversation with us about making this film. She sent us a couple of her books. And not until I read the books that I connected the dots that most of child trafficking starts as extortion or online enticement and where child trafficking affects children on the margins of our society, foster kids and the runaways, the online enticement and extortion can and does affect any child online from any socioeconomic status, any gender, any ethnicity. And I did not understand the scale of the problem until I started doing all of my research. And it horrified me as a mother, as a parent of a 10 and 13 year old girls, uh, I had to do something about it. And that's how film began. Stephen, I wanna talk about the scope of it. As the story unfolds, we begin to understand just how big of a problem this is. Let's talk about law enforcement's response, like what they're seeing in terms of these kinds of crimes. Yeah, thanks for that question. Um, I think it was a big surprise to us, the scale of the problem, because two years ago, I didn't even know what sextortion was, you know, and as we were researching, you know, should we make this movie, we always try to decide, has this story already been told? What's in the space? And so during the research, we found you know, 50 documentaries on human trafficking, but there was literally nothing that dealt with this online problem and sextortion in particular. And when we started reaching out and, and partnering with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, we uh, realized that the numbers are just out of control. So in 2019, their cyber tip line reports, there was 16 million reports. In uh, 2020, that jumps up to 21 million. 
and in 2021 it jumps up to 29 million reports of uh, of abuse online so the numbers are just crazy but one of the things that we realize is that stats and statistics can sometimes numb you to the problem and they can even create apathy in kind of a strange kind of a way and so one of the things that we're really excited about the power of documentary is they're kind of like empathy machines and so they allow you to get behind the numbers and see the personal stories uh, of how kids are actually affected it's easy to say well you shouldn't have done that you know but when you can actually see how these kids are being tricked um, it allows you to empathize in a completely different way so we wanted to show the scale of the problem, but to humanize it, like you said. And as Maria, you were talking about, sextortion is on the, the spectrum of criminal activity, especially regarding children and the exploitation of children. You mentioned trafficking. Is this part of a continuum? The, the sextortion becomes something that becomes trafficking? Or is, is it just part of this kind of grab bag of really despicable things that happen online or is there a connection to to some of these these different uh, issues it, it is true that extortion often ends in human trafficking but most often than not it just happens to children as a continuing online abuse um, predators don't have to go with a van and kidnap your child off the playground they can actually have access to their bedrooms through devices connected to online uh, a lot of people don't understand that when their boys especially play video games in their bedrooms, their game consoles are connected to any anybody online. They can chat with them. They can invite them to private chat rooms. They can ask them for images. They can bribe them and say, if you send me this image, I will buy this things for the video game to get you to the next level. And it's as easy as that. And for girls, it's just romantic interest. You know, you can meet a cute boy online who is actually a much older man or oft sometimes it's a woman uh, who's extorting them for images that they later share and trade and sell. And then they keep it all in secrecy. They keep kids under a thumb of secrecy and control. And they say, if you don't send me more images, I will release this image to everybody in your school. Everybody will know. Your parents will know. Your friends will know. And kids often keep it a secret and they comply and they keep sending images and living in this hell inside of their own home, inside of their own bedroom. And we, as we see in the film, the consequences of them on a personal level, on their essentially their will to live even is uh, profound. Yes. Also, these things are happening to, to these kids at a particularly vulnerable age. That's the other sort of perniciously horrible and evil thing about this is that mm -hmm. they're at a time in their life when they are trying to figure things out. They're trying to figure out, uh, who, you know, the world they, in which they live, their bodies are changing, they're, they're looking for validation. And mm -hmm. into this breach steps these, these people who do the things that you're talking about. And one of the strengths of sextortion, uh, the hidden pandemic is this, is that you give us the problem you give us a concrete example through a case involving Daniel Harris, and you also walk us through the ways in which we can be proactive, the way in which we can begin to address this. But bringing it to our attention is the thing that, again, as you both described, and as, as, much, as well as myself, did not realize this is happening. None of, none of the pandemic, the COVID pandemic has exacerbated this in some way, right? 
because we're at home all the time now. Mm-hmm. We're just constantly on some kind of a device, right? Stephen, is, is that a fair way to put it? Oh, man, the numbers are just, you know, doubling, you know, practically every, every year. I mean, since COVID began, there's a 97% increase in online enticement numbers, you know, which is directly correlated to all the kids being online. And the other big problem that's happening is, is the victims are getting younger because you've got second graders doing school online now. And so, you know, it's kind of crazy. You mentioned that this age when the kids are not fully understanding everything, the, the brain isn't fully developed until someone's 25 years old. So these teens don't have full executive function uh, to understand sometimes, you know, who they're talking to online might not be who they say they are. And the highest at-risk audience right now is age 10 to 15. And I'm a father of a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old daughter. So we realized as we were researching this film, I'm actually the target audience of my own movie. And so that was very much a driving factor for for myself and, and for Maria, I know, is that we have kids in the age range that are most likely uh, to get sextorted. And so we felt that we had to push through the pandemic, push through all the obstacles in our way uh, to make this story something that parents and teens would be able to see. Have your children seen this? Have they, are they aware of what you've been working on? Or are you talking to them? I assume you were, I'm sure you're talking to them about these kinds of things, but um, would this be something that they would, because oftentimes, I'm, I mean, I remember when I was a teenager, right? My parents could have told me that my hair was in fire and that there was a car bearing down on me at 70 miles an hour. I don't think I would have really cared what they said, right? I mean, that's the problem. That's part of the problem, is it not, Maria? I think key is having a very close relationship with your kids and having talking points or just staying open to them to, you know, have a conversation. Our oldest daughter is actually in the film as a voiceover actress and a stand-in actress, and the youngest one seen portions of it and understands the crux of the problem. Uh, Also, I think kids this age, they want to be activists. They don't want to be victims. They want to change the world for the better. They're very passionate about environment, about human rights. And our kids are very passionate about this as well. Uh, They want their their friends to be safe online. And they understand the problem to the point of explaining it to their closest friends. I would encourage every parent to believe in their kid that they can be a leader, not a victim. And they can not only keep themselves safe online if they understood and were educated and aware about this problem, they can also keep their safe on uh, their friends safe online. Remind our listeners, we're speaking with Maria Peak and Stephen Peak. Uh, Maria is the director, and Stephen is the producer of the film Sextortion, The Hidden Pandemic. The the centerpiece of the film is, to my mind, the arrest and trial of Daniel Harris, without giving too much away, because I want people to experience this themselves. This was a prolific abuser of children and somebody that in, in our sort of cultural stereotypes, we would never expect this to be something that they would be engaged in. To whatever extent you want to talk about uh, Mr. Harris or not, uh, Stephen, I'll leave it to you to kind of filter out what you want want us to know and, and not. Yeah, I think one of the things we were really surprised about and we were really hoping that comes across in the film is that we have these stereotypes of who 
perpetrators are. And many times we think of the guy who still lives in his mom's basement and he's hunched over a computer and he just looks evil, you know, and that's who we think of as a stereotypical online perpetrator. And we found from working with the special agents at Homeland and the prosecutors in the U.S. Attorney's Office that this happens. There is no mold of who the perpetrator is. And so in the case of Dan Harris, we are talking about a U.S. Navy Academy graduate, one of the top air-to-air combat instructors for the U.S. Navy and a top gun. He had a beautiful wife, two lovely children, He lived in a great home in Virginia Beach. You would never have expected that from him. And in the same way, we wanted to break down the stereotypes of who the victims are. And often, as Maria alluded to, we we think of uh, foster children or those on the edge of society or or maybe coming from single family households or impoverished. Uh, That's not the case at all. It's it's literally happening in, in families that parents are highly involved and they just don't know that there's the possibility for a stranger to reach out to their kid while they're playing Roblox. And so we wanted to make sure that those stereotypes were broken down. And we also didn't want the film to be a lecture. When we were made aware of this case, as you said, it reads like a thriller. It's unbelievable the links that he went to to try to get away. And he was brilliant really smart guy. And so by using some of these true crime tropes that are so popular, we wanted to make sure that the film would keep you on the edge of your seat, wanting to know how it happened and how law enforcement can track this guy down. But at the same time, you're learning how it happens uh, and being educated in the process. Yeah. And it also points out something that makes it even more problematic in terms of addressing this, because he was smart. He was prolific. He was a lot of things Well, without getting too much further down that rabbit hole. But it took a lot to bring him to justice. Now, given the amount of reported incidents of sextortion online, half the country would have to be involved in prosecuting the other half of the country in order for us to, to be able to address this thoroughly in a way that without preventive measures, which you get into in the film, right? We we could spend every waking moment trying to, you know, prosecute the people who are doing this. It's much better to cut off the problem problem before it becomes a problem, right? And it's in the film, Maria. Let's, I, the last minute or so we have together, let's talk about the film goes the full spectrum in terms of this issue and how we address it. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. We can have all the agents in the world working on this problem and they still won't solve it. The only thing that will solve this problem is prevention, awareness and education. And that's where we are landing with the film. We have a a personal victim story who tells us how she was able to overcome it. And we also talk about how you can report this program and how you can stop this problem. And the only way you can stop this from happening is by telling someone, telling a trusted adult, if this is already happening to you, if this has never happened to you, we can stop it by awareness and education. And I thought, I think those two things are absolutely key. Knowing you're not alone, knowing that you're not the only person this has happened to because at the age that we're talking about everything seems like it's you're the only person in the world that's having to deal with this right when you get past that sort of that that little that mental barrier that i i can look for help i can seek out help i can get help and someone can help me deal with this and there's some examples heartbreaking examples in the film of victims 
who weren't as fortunate. Congratulations again on not only bringing uh, a focus on this as an issue of something that, as I said earlier, we have some vague understanding, exploitation online, that's not new, but it's the degree, it's this particular aspect of the world, the cyber world we live in, that, that is uh, a value for people to seek out sextortion, the hidden pandemic, and to Maria Peak, director, as well as producer, Stephen Peak. thank you so very much for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it was our honor. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Oh,